Ross, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Top of the morning. Top of the morning We're to back. you. We got our coffees. We have our. You have a tea. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be the the last conversation we're going to have for a couple months since you're going to have a, a baby here soon we'll see what happens yeah we're past 38 weeks and, and so it's due again when november 9th oh like yeah literally next week yeah week and a half yeah something like that yeah so it could come anytime could come anytime you yep. could get a call right now and we you got have to run du- out of we here we got a doula and we got a backup doula so we're, oh, okay we're ready to go yeah all right so that's that's cool man yes yeah, yeah. yeah so so we might be, you know, off uh, the Demer and Debello trip yeah. for a while, and uh, you'll be a dad. Exactly. You have to deal with all that, well, and oh, I got to deal with circumcision or no circumcision. <laughs> oh, we that. Right. That's right. We had that conversation. Um, now I don't know. If it's a boy. We're doing surprise, but if it's a boy, that's obviously a discussion. We um, Ross had a diaper party the other day, and, I, and a lot of people don't know what a diaper party is. A diaper party is kind of like a baby shower, but for men. And basically all the dudes get together and bring diapers and just drink beer or, and eat. And so we went out and did meet uh, all, all Ross's buddies. Uh, I'm a new buddy of Ross, but Ross has buddies from, you know, elementary school yep. and, and, and stuff like that. So you have, you have work buddies, you have old, old elementary school buddies, your dad, your mom was there. <laughs> and everybody brought you diapers and baby wipes. And then no. we drank a lot of beer. I drank a lot of beer. Um, and, we, so, and we did. And we turned the bar into a circumcision or no circumcision bar. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was the, the, the debate about circumcising or not circumcising. And yikes. <laughs> and then I yeah, saw so you put a Twitter poll up there. I did put a poll up there. And it was like 70% said pro circumcision 30 percent said no circumcision so and i I, think it really varies by place it's really cultural geographic and uh you know really yeah religious cultural really it's very interesting very interesting huh well if anybody's listening you could email us or send us a message um let see here. Where, where yeah, we... they should send you a message yeah, or like something like that. Yeah, That's... send me a message on Twitter and, and tell me if you would think Rush is circumcised or not circumcised. It's, <laughs> if it, it's a boy. It's, it's, a, a, boy. it's a literal conversation. My, my oh, brother yeah. had, had the conversation with his wife, too. It's like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked to our doctor about it and stuff. It's very interesting. It's, it's very interesting. interesting. I think it's interesting. What, what is your, where does your wife stand on it? Uh, I think if we have a boy, we are going to get the baby circumcised. Yeah, but was that always her original idea? Like... I think, no, I don't think she's ever thought much about it, knew much about it, felt a certain way about it, but more assumed, well, this is what we do here in America, Ohio, Northeast Ohio. This is what, you're, you're circumcised, right? You know, and it's like, why would you want to be different than your baby, you know? Right. And so that was, that was I think, her thought about it. You, you know, you're, you're some kind of way. Shouldn't the baby be the same some kind of well yeah but why am I that way what's the pluses is there any negatives things like that I had no say in the matter <laughs> you know so it's like what should we do what's in the best interest of our child right it, it, that's interesting because I think my um, my brother and his wife had the same conversation but she was against and he was for and I think it was more like yeah like I I don't know I think it was more like she was just like don't hurt my my kid you know and like it's tra- traumatic. And then uh, that's one of the reasons I, I started asking the doctor questions like, hey, when I was two days old or whatever it was, did this hurt me? Was this a big problem? You know, is this is this inhumane? You know, something like that. And so that's why I brought the topic up and I start I was the one asking our doctor and you, stuff like that. You know, I was talking to Sarah, you know, who Sarah is actually is a doctor for everybody who's listening. Um, and, you know, what we came up to is like everything at that point for our kid is traumatic. Yeah, you know it's cold as fuck when you come out, right? And you're always cold. 
You're always hungry. You're breathing air for the first time. Yeah. Light, light hurts you. Yep. So what does it matter if your weenie hurts? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. No, yeah, no. You, you never stop yell crying. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it's all traumatic. This is yeah. all trauma because they're trying to adjust to something new. I, I liked it better on the inside. I liked it better on the inside. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, let's see here. What are we talking about today, Ross, besides uh, baby circumcisions? I didn't put much on the list, but U.S. House, and you know, is a huge one. I mean, that's what we missed because we didn't do one last week. That's been an ongoing saga, which apparently that saga is is over. I don't know. We'll have to see if they vote to to remove the new guy, Mike right. Johnson. But yeah, that's right. Mike Johnson became Speaker of the House. Um, we're uh, kind of weird because he came out of nowhere for the most part. <clears throat> I mean, he's kind of he's relatively a newer senator. He is a newer senator. I'm sorry, Congressperson. Um, I think the first time he was voted in was either 2016, 2018. He's very conservative. Um, and to be honest with you, that's quite a, an accomplishment for somebody to be only a, like this is probably his third term, maybe even fourth, but third or fourth term, and then become the, the Speaker of the House. Second in line for the presidency, you know? Third, yeah, right, third in line. Well, one, or yeah, two. second in line behind the president. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's how you count yeah, the it, right? The president is the president, yes. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Um, and I'm also quite interested by the whole, like, political dynamics of it. Like, Trump, one of the conversations about this was, like, Trump is trying to say that he is a kingmaker, but actually he couldn't get a lot of people through. He couldn't get Jordan through. Uh, he did kind of de derail Emmer, so it looks like Trump's power actually only comes from the, be able, the ability to derail certain people, but not actually um, elevate certain people into certain roles. This was one of those things like, I don't understand why the moderates actually voted for him. And the only reason why I feel that they voted for him is because nobody knows who he is. Because if you put him on paper... It's like he is a very conservative person. Mm -hmm. And so if you are a, a Republican that won a uh, Biden district, you know, then it's like this is not what you're going to, you know, appease your constituency with. Like, right. hey, this is the guy I like for a speaker. A Democrat would be like, that guy? That guy? Yeah. I mean, uh, so many things. So many things. I uh, What's sad about it is I liked seeing the mess right we're kind of a mess as a country arguably a mess as a world you like seeing the mess what do you mean i like seeing the mess i like seeing mccarthy have to get 16 votes and them yelling at each other on c-span them yelling at each other while interviews were taking place on on cnn and fox and them being in in disarray and and confused and not have any direction and i think that's was fun for people because it's like well we were struggling here and and we're we need uh the, the house should represent the united states and then this happened and it was like out of nowhere like say it's a guy who you know we don't think had these types of aspirations kind of like house of cards the kevin spacey at the very beginning of that show um and i don't know anything about this guy i mean mix up what, what i sent you and, and a little bit of what i've read uh, but it seemed to be back more to your old school politics. So, like, I like the fact that Matt Gates threw the House into disarray and the Democrats 
would not help the Republicans get a speaker elected. And you had this, and this is happening in the Ohio State House too, with Republicans maneuvering to get power against Republicans, not mm -hmm. Democrats, because it's all Republicans. Right. And so but the difference is in the Ohio State House, the Democrats are helping the Republicans. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so here, I like the fact that, and they'd start Hakeem Jeffries and them had started to say, well, we might just have to get business done. There are some reasonable Republicans. Eh, y'all spend too much money and time telling us they're you know, the devil, basically, to tell me you're going to now vote for Mike Johnson or whoever it would have been. Right. Um, so I didn't like that it's kind of your closed door. You know, that's kind of how Cleveland politics operates. You don't really know how this bill came to be an emergency bill, passed unanimously. Nobody really knows. Right. But it did happen. And so finally they, I, if you want to put it this way, they got their shit together and did one of these closed door, who are we going to get, who are we all going to vote for, you know why i don't think gates drop the or they've dropped the one member can recall thing but if they have i'm sorry i haven't been following up these last I don't two think weeks they have, no yeah so you know uh, we talked about it on our last podcast gates said hey i want we want to vote on term limits uh we want we're trying to drain the swamp you know washington's not working for people we want to vote on term limits we want congressmen to stop being the revolving door of lobbyists uh, investing stocks on the com on the industries that you regulate, you know these were not. They might tell you these are far right demands or something. That's a lie. That's just a, a bold, flat out lie. Right. And so, uh, I'm gonna assume this Mike Johnson's not gonna gonna take any steps on those three or four things. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but um, and and as for the what you said about the moderate ones voting for him, well, if he controls kind of the big GOP pack money, you know, we've talked about this before, the kind of the trickle down of I give you fifty thousand dollars, you give me fifty thousand dollars, I put twenty five thousand to this candidate, and bada bada ba. It's a lot of times it's more than that. Um, if he controls that, and he says, you know, hey, moderate guy you know if you vote for me for speaker we'll make sure you're never primaried you know we'll make sure that you blow your any primary opponents out of the water with the money that we're going to give you from the packs you know <clears throat> things like that so if he protects incumbency i get it they have right now they actually do have a fractured kind of ideological split between the gates crew that and you could throw jordan even though jim jordan was kind of being a good soldier with mccarthy and trump um, you know, I tend to put Jordan with Matt Gates. That's what I've always kind of felt. You know, he's kind of a blow, you know, make, blow it up, uh, you know, shut the government down, you know, drain the swamp type of a guy. But him and Trump and McCarthy had seemed to be on the same page. But like you said, Trump maybe doesn't have as much sway as we're made to believe with the Republicans, with the Republicans. And so... I, this was a very interesting dance these last couple weeks, and um, I, I think you're right. I think Trump doesn't have as much power as we're led to believe, and I I hope that Matt Gates and these other eight or seven, however many it was, continue to push for the changes they were they're actually trying to push for. I have my doubts. I have my doubts. You know, that's all all very that's that's interesting. Um, I don't think, well, first of all, I don't think Gates's changes, Gates and Ro Connor were kind of talking about those changes. Nobody else mentioned those changes, so no, mm -hmm. they're not going to happen. Um, I, I do, huh, what do I want to say about, about, about the speakership? Uh, looking at Ohio, 
I, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see if this is going to be a good, poli or a good policy or a good uh, thing for the Democrats. You know, the Democrats were like, hey, we got everybody together. Everybody's going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries, right? And so they, they did over and over and over again. And in the meantime, uh, we had three weeks of no speaker, which, you know what, I kind of liked it as well. Like, I liked the debates. I liked the, you know, the questioning, where do we stand on certain things. And, but it makes me wonder why the um, Democrats didn't find a moderate Republican to elevate to just see if they can't get a couple more votes, right? And I, I wonder if this is going to be a strategy. There's two things I know they want to do. One is they wanted to find the speaker that was that, so they can use it for messaging for 2024, right? But does that actually do the best things for the country? So I'm wondering if, like, do they, do they really care about doing the best work? Or do they actually care about having the guy there that they can message the best so they can try to win in 2024? And the, what I saw with um, Columbus is that, well, first of all, the Republicans have a supermajority, right? So it, it really doesn't matter what the Democrats do. They just need the lesser of, of evils. And so they supported, you know, uh, more, in air quotes, moderate Republican that they feel that they can work with a little bit better. Is that you referring to Jason C., the Speaker yeah. of the House or whatever? Yeah, it is. exactly, yeah, yeah. over here in Columbus. So so that's what the Democrats did. They voted with some Republicans to get Stevens in. in. I am, I am very, kind of disappointed that the Democrats didn't do the same thing here in this instance. And then you have somebody like Mike Johnson, right, who is obviously very, very right, um, who is very hawkish when it comes to... Um, you know, military um, engagement. Um, I, I'm not too sure if the things that he wants to do and the way that he's going to control the caucus, his caucus is going to be the most, the best benefit for uh, the the U.S. And I think that Democrats um, could have found somebody that was going to work with them a little better, you know, um, and and just make this kind of like thread this needle. And remember, anybody. I think it's is it just the Republicans or can anybody challenge a speaker? The speakership. That's a good question. You know, I don't. Do you I don't, have to be in the in the in the major party to the majority. Yeah, I don't know. Majority if, party. And that's to, actually that's something that I would. That's something I actually should know. Yeah, and, we'll and, have to look that up. And I don't, but I don't know that. So, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what why, <laughs> why it's like they put again politics over policy, um, and that's the way I feel about it. Is like, is like, are we actually going to do the? And so now what we're going to have is we're going to have the Republicans push out policy that the democrats are going to be 100 percent you know you know say we don't like and are we really going to move things forward right in, in a positive way for the country and so i i don't know how this is going to this is going to work with that said is i really feel that there is a split with the democrats too that we're not seeing as um as trans as apparent as the republicans look we have a new person running in the primary against Joe Biden for president. And what, what was that guy's name? Is it Dean Dean Phillips? Oh, I, I again, I've been out of the game here recently. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know a guy, another Democrat jumped in. <clears throat> so Dean Phillips, he is a uh, Republican, 54 years old. Uh, I'm sorry, Republican. He's a, he's yeah, a Democrat. Democrat. Okay. Sorry. So so Marianne Williamson and now this guy. So Marianne Williamson and, and, and now this guy, 54 okay. years old from St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and he is running in the primary against Joe Biden. He is the, one of the richest guys in Congress. I, I thought he was just a nobody. Like, I, I, who the fuck is this guy? But then I, he's worth something like $100 million or something. So he, he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, you, to get there in the first place is you got to have some type of either your own money or big-time connections. 
Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I do agree. I mean, but here's what here's what here's my my point of this okay. is is that it it's showing that first of all either there's three things that I I look at this and I haven't I haven't went, did a deep dive on this guy or where his situation. Number one, either uh, his district changed in a, a certain way that was um, he can't win again. Interesting. Maybe. Um, may, the other thing is, it's quite possible that um, there is a real fracturing in the Democratic Party. Where look, nobody's stoked about Joe Biden running. Nobody. Nobody's. I've I've, I've spoken to unless you're like a total Democrat shill. Mm -hmm. Nobody's excited about him running, and I, the same thing is in with these these uh, congressmen too. And so this guy was like, "This is sucks. I don't like what the DNC is doing. I'm running against him." And the thing is, he probably did it because one, he ha he has money. He really doesn't care. Two, maybe he wanted to build a brand for himself. Three, maybe right. he couldn't run his next uh, congressional race. Uh, four, maybe he couldn't run some. Maybe he couldn't run for Senate because there's an incumbent there and he didn't want to deal with it. So he has some years to to you know, maybe you know, maybe right. he who just knows? didn't like. Who, who knows? knows? Who yeah. knows? The fact is, is there is a split because yeah. a Democrat is now going against the sitting president. Right. And Buttigieg, Booker, all these people from four years ago, they're not. So they've been fell in line a long time ago. Newsom, so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, they've all fell in. And now, like what you're saying is, oh, somebody's branching out. Somebody's brand. They're done falling in line. Which in my, which in my opinion, it shows that there's a lot of other people that want to branch out. Oh, but yeah. there's a, this, this guy is the only guy that's going to do it for now. I mean, and you see the split when it comes to... Um, the Israel, the Israel topic as well within the Democratic Party. So, oh yeah, we're going to talk, and that's on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, politics is a rough place, but but I think to answer your very first question, why didn't a Democrat try and find a more moderate guy than this guy, Mike Johnson? You know, for a long time now, we've seen the flags, we've delved into identity politics. The, the, the most consistent or lifelong Democrat and Republican voters, you could argue, I'm not accusing, I'm not arguing, I'm not bashing, I'm not bad-mouthing, you could argue that in this country there are two new religions, and that is Republicanism and Democratism. And, you know, you, you follow, you follow, like military, you know, in, in, in order. They put a flag up. I stand with this. That's what you do. You start using your pronouns. Blah, 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 blah. Parents' rights, parents' choice. Blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like the most consistent voters of both parties don't, they can't afford to break that down. So they can't afford Marcy Kaptur to be, let's say, one of 10 Democrats or 20 Democrats that will vote for, you know, if you could name a, a moderate Republican that you know, the McCarthy group would get behind. You can't really have Marcy Kaptur saying, for the good of the country, to get the work done, we're gonna support, you know, Mike Johnson's a pretty pretty common name, so let's go with John Doe. We're gonna support John Doe for speaker. I'm gonna vote for John Doe instead of Hakeem Jeffries. That shatters kind of this these religions that has been, you know, create right. created for people. Right, I, so, I, 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 do, I do get that, but it's, yeah. it, for it just so i guess is this going to come back to 
I mean, there, there's multiple strategies. I mean, look, they all stood up against Hakeem Jeffries. Everybody's going to be safe and so on and so forth. So it's like, and they're all going to, they all fell in line. So they're all going to get, you know, the Democratic support to, you know, but keep it the was, it was even Hakeem Jeffries that had given a press conference that I actually did see that was like, we may need to support a moderate, you know, so it wouldn't have been, let's say, Captor Chantel Brown going against him. It would have been no, him the, saying. It would have been the Democratic Party picking yeah. uh, a moderate Republican saying, yeah. and then maybe like 20 Republicans voting with them mm-hmm. and then getting that person in. Right. And saying, let's get some shit done. And, and which, which it, it was coming to the line where it's like, hey, we have a, bu- a debt, uh, a budget coming up. Government shut down. We had, a, exactly. We have the. What's happening in Israel right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, you need a speaker. The Ukraine, Russia, yep. Things, got things have to move got forward. Everything. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm, I'm happy that th- that's over with so they can get down to work. It's just, I, I kind of feel that and, and we it's kinda, just interesting. We kind of glossed over the most entertaining part, which was, the for me, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, the Jim Jordan part of the process. And, and it was like he got 20 votes against him. And it was like, wow, because he had, he had started an official campaign. Like, yeah, he started putting I, I kind of internet commercials, if you will, a little, like, you know, the clipped stuff, the professionally done productions of how good of a guy Jim Jordan is, what he stands for. You had seen this little bit of a campaign start up for a few days. And then it was like, okay, 20 people are against him. But he just took the vote to see who's against him now, Who? how do we got a horse trade? How can we get this number to work? What can I do for you? Ba-da-da-ba. No, no. <laughs> then it was like 25 against him. Then it was like 28 against him and he ain't getting it. It ain't happening. Right. <laughs> and so for me, that was when I was tuned in. And, and uh, also I'll say, just kind of trying to track my own eyeballs any anytime I would tune in to CNN or Fox or MSNBC or C-SPAN, they would kind of bait and switch me. And I noticed this eight or nine months ago when this first happened with McCarthy, they would I would turn it on to watch the craziness that is the Republicans. And then after about like five minutes or one segment, they would tell me how much war funding Ukraine needs and how we need to start sending all these F 19s or whatever the the big the, the cluster bombs were Ukraine needs Ukraine needs Ukraine needs after like five minutes this time eight nine months later I would turn on CNN I would turn on Fox I would turn on MSNBC to watch his Jim Jordan shit and after one segment they would immediately go for 20 to 30 minutes on Israel needs this Israel needs that Israel needs that. Israel needs that right. so that was very interesting to me because like hey I tuned in to watch the mess of the swamp. I tuned in to watch the mess of the swamp. I did not tune in to these bullshit channels to have you tell me that I need to pay for more of these bombs and shit like that. Wow, I'm <laughs> that was you very tuned into the bullshit channels anyway. <laughs> yeah, which it, is... Well, I like C-SPAN, but sometimes C-SPAN um, replays what happened earlier in the day, like a tape. So it's like, all right, I already, I already saw this. Sometimes they take callers, which I love. Okay, as an old sports radio junkie i love when c-span takes callers it's like there's a republican phone line a democrat phone line and an independent phone line and it's just the best just like me and you talk about when you um petition or um you know do door knocking and stuff like that and you talk like real people a lot of whom like don't vote some who do vote you know but people are like pissed off and they're just regular average joes that's i like when c-span does the callers but 
um, that was just an interesting part of it to me. That the main time that I wanted to salivate was the Jim Jordan portion of the show. I really didn't think it was that entertaining, to be honest with you. I, 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 I mean, yeah, I didn't think it was that entertaining. I thought it was. Um, I, I just wanted it to be over, to be honest with you. I, I just wanted somebody to be the speaker, and I wanted people. I, I was actually just disappointed by the process because, yeah. because I, I, th I felt that there was more important things to be doing and and and, and policy to be um, ha being talked about than talking about this whole speakership thing. I do like the back and forth. I do like the um, democratic aspects of it, where you're actually fighting for um, you know power and, and position. But I also thought it was just, it wasn't entertaining. It was more kind of disheartening to say, like, come on, can we just get somebody in there to figure this out? You have one vote to get the guy out. Just fucking put somebody in. I don't care who it is at this point, you know? Because honestly, I think we just had, look, if you have Ukraine, you have this shit that's popping off in, in, in Gaza, you have a government sh shutdown looming. Um, there are a lot of things that, like, the the representative of the people needed to do and all i saw was um politics over policy politics over the constituents politics and power over the people and and it was just kind of like can we just fucking move on already and look i understand with the with the jim jordan thing it was just like i i i again i wasn't i wasn't entertained i was i i, I wasn't entertained because i don't even think that he wanted it to begin with and then it was just like more of a sort of more of a, I think like probably Trump gave him a call, like, hey, bro, why don't you just try to do this? You know, because he was supporting McCarthy the whole time. He's like, yeah, McCarthy. And then somebody's like, Jim Jordan. And he's like, ah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe in the back end, he's like, yeah, I really want this shit. But I really don't. I didn't feel like he really wanted it. I think he was just yeah. kind of like going through the process like, oh, OK, you guys want me? I'll try it. Yeah. And then we also skipped over Scalise. They they were going to give him a run. But that kind of and got, he voted for Scalise. Yeah. And that kind of got shut down. He's like, yeah, get that guy. Right. You know? Yeah. They, he voted for McCarthy every time. It just that was the most you're I agree on the disheartening, by the way. But I also think, OK, now that we've got a speaker, guess what? They're not, they're not going to do anything well on on all these issues that you speak of. This is going to be the same train wreck. That being said, um, another part, interesting part about the Jordan, I don't know if you caught this, was like a lot of Republicans were like, we can't vote against him because our office is getting hundreds of calls and hate mail. Like if you vote against, blah, blah, blah. it's just very politicized and passionate and kind of crazy. Like I don't want... My like you were talking about um, in moderate districts, how can you vote for this guy Mike Johnson? You're in a moderate district that Biden won. Some of these people were like, "I'm in a conservative district. I'm a conservative. I'll get prime if I vote against Jim Jordan. I will get primaried. Right. I will get primaried. So the politics of it was quite. And I I am a game theorist. I I it was quite interesting to me. But right. yeah, disheartening. I agree. I agree. But I, I also think entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. Let's move on. Um, and I can ever find out where my tabs are for this damn conversation. Tabs. Where are the tabs? Browsers. Where are the browsers? Where are the tabs? Why is this thing open? Why is my Chrome open? What's this? Um, let's see here. Do you want to go local? Do you want to go to? Um, Israel, Gaza. Your call. Your Max Miller. I put that thing on there. Yeah. Okay. So Max, the guy who, who I ran against against Congress, um, um, and he's just 
Here, here's the thing. And look, yeah, explain what's what's going on, because even I, you know, haven't followed it all that much. All right, so here's the thing. Gaza was um, the whole Gaza thing. Uh, the Israel attack was a terrorist attack. It, it's it's fucking sad. Um, it's uh, I, I really don't want to get into this, this this whole the whole thing here because it's 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 very, first of all it's very complicated. Second, second of all, um, I just don't want to get into it. Well, um, it's just so complicated, and and you can't I, again. I would argue you can't trust our news sources, so we need more information. You definitely, you definitely can't trust our our news sources. You yeah. can't either. Are people that are are hawkish and just wanting to plunge us into a war for you know whatever reason? Um, but it, the, here's what I here's what I don't like is is this guy Max. He is uh, he is first of all he is Jewish, and and so his ties to Israel, his ties to that part of the of the of the world. Um, are deep, and this is very emotional, very, very, real. Per, very re- real, and very personal for him. And so, I do not think that we should um, disregard that feeling that he has, sure. that connection he has, and 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 understanding the historical significance of, um, you know, these acts of anti-Semitism, and there are anti-Semitic uh, reactions across the world here in the United States um, to. Uh, all of this, and, and and for a Jewish person, one of two in in Congress, this is a very very personal thing, very personal thing. At the same time, I I don't want to. I'm very skeptical of people who call for for extreme violence, even though there should be. A, even though I do understand the retaliation, I do understand the. Um, the movement of of Israel, but he's his rhetoric is let's turn it into a parking lot. That yeah, so you know, and and yeah. and and he and he's like, I don't think there's going to be them there there any longer. We just got to turn it into a parking lot. This is this is not conversation of I think one a congressman should have, and two I don't think it's reflective of the American people. Um, the American people. And the Republicans, for a long time, have been anti-Ukraine funding. Um, they, a lot of people in the United States have been, we just don't want to be in any more wars. wars. Full stop. This has been, in, in a, uh, Israel is an ally. We need to support our allies or our, word, our partnerships across the world are going to be d- diminished. And that is very, also very dangerous. At the same time, we need to figure out and we need to understand what the American people want which is not forever fucking wars, to understand that uh, money cannot just flow out of this fucking country into multiple countries, $100, million, $100 billion at a time, without understanding what we need to invest in here, um, which is a lot, which is a lot. Um, and three, the rhetoric of killing people is not a position I think anybody in Congress should take. Even though we could talk about defense, even though I could, we could talk about uh, people's homelands, we could talk about uh, the um, historical uh, anti-Semitic sentiments across the across the globe, uh, and we could talk about how to prevent that in the future. Uh, but we can, but what we should not do is talk about how to um, escalate uh, wars and and in turn um, violence, war, bombing of, of places, civilians, and so on and so forth into a talking point for um, political purposes, and which is saying, 
was turned into a parking lot. Yeah. Um, I, that 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 is that is not that is not savage. It's, it's savage. I understand his hurt. I understand his feelings. It is not what the American people want, no. nor is it what I think that the United States should stand for. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. That that's I put the way that I saw this when when you mentioned this, I saw it. I put it on the list was twofold. A yes, everything you just said. What they do? What they do to me? All right, go ahead. You, got, you know, uh, go there's, there's a lack of leadership with that type of rhetoric, right? That's not Abraham Lincoln. That's not Martin Luther King. That's not Gandhi. That, you know, that, there's a lack of leadership when you speak from a place of, of hate instead of love. And so you saying we should turn it into a parking lot, well, what do you think that's going to lead to? Chickens have come home to roost. Right. You got painter. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing was this part about it where it's like we're trying to kind of censure or, um, yeah, censor. Um, was it uh, Ilyan Omar or Talib with the Palestinian flag or something like that? And so her and him are going back and forth. And it's, some other, it's not just him, it's some others. And it's like we want you not, to not be able to have your flag up or something like this. And so... He's getting away from American ideals. Mm-hmm. Of, what is your idea about the flag? I think every he should be allowed to put his Israeli flag up, uh, let's say on his Twitter account or on his office, an actual flag by his office, and she should be able to uh, wear whatever she wants to wear, put up whatever <laughs> flag she wants to put up, say whatever she wants to... This is America, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, things right. like this. And so... Um, he's really getting off the rails to me with, with this type of behavior, I would say. And again, I understand this is coming from a place of hurt. Um, so I, I don't want to uh, put that off. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, like I said last time, I made a lot of Jewish uh, friends uh, throughout the campaign and so on and so forth. And this is a terrorist attack. It's the, first, it's the, biggest, the biggest attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. You, you cannot downplay that shit. Right. Well, and, and Hamas the, doing that, what has it led to? This is escalation. And so if you're Hamas, right, you, you know when you attack, <clears throat> that's going to come back on your people. And you know, and, and this goes for Ukraine and Russia. When Ukraine does um, cluster bombs, what do you think is going to happen? When Russia does tank strikes, you know, if somebody drops a nuclear bomb, what do you think is going to happen? This is escalation defined, defined. We're, you know what I mean? We've got two separate wars going on. And so I get it. There's hurt and pain and confusion and all this stuff. But that type of rhetoric, right? Words matter. Words matter. I, 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 I agree. Look, I, if I was in that position, and I am not Jewish, so, but I, so I cannot speak to uh, the, the, how he feels. If I was in that position... I would be for, you know, Israel and the defense because this was a terrorist attack. You know, 1,400 Israelis were killed or uh, were killed in this, this attack. Um, and I understand where, where the retaliation is coming from. I mean, if this was America, there'd be no fucking way. It would be there. It would be there in one second. And it will be justified. You, you, I mean, don't, come on, man. I'm, I, you, if, if somebody, it, if if a foreign country came into America and killed fourteen hundred people in New York City, yeah, let's say there is no fucking way. There's, every American would say, "Let's go get those motherfuckers." I don't know about that. I, I'm I'm one that 
I think you're right about the majority, right? I, I know our species. I mean, of course, there's pacifists. Like, yeah. oh, let's make love. Not I'm war. kind that's, of a pacifist. That's bullshit. I'm kind of a pacifist. That, that is bullshit. And so it, I, under, it has I understand to this. end somewhere. What, what, I, what I am talking about is, exactly, exactly. It has to end somewhere. It's about how do, we, how do I look at this responsibly even, and take the kind of the emotion out of it and figure out how to ha talk about defense, how do I talk about uh, security, how do I talk about, you know, making sure that this does not happen again? But I do not talk about mass murder and turn places into a parking lot and turn right. that into my, that, my rhetoric. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what this I'm is saying. Not, this is not happy for anybody. No, yes. And, and even though you're angry, it should not be happy to go, go in there and do what you need to do. Yeah. And you got to do it in a way that is... Um, Just because 9-11 happens, I don't want to turn Iraq into a parking lot. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's fucking ridiculous talk. You're a grown man in a position of leadership. You have a responsibility to everybody, Americans, Israelis, Palestinians, uh, people that live in Ukraine, people that live in Russia, Russian Americans, Ukrainian Americans, you have a responsibility to everybody right. to say what's right, to say what's right. And if you can't do that, somebody else that lives in your district can, trust me, and trust me. I think, I think the thing about the uh, 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 Palestinian flag and, and Rashida Tully, right? Um, I think it's an interesting conversation because I, I agree with you with that. And I, and I was actually in the minority of a lot of my friends um, and, and obviously family. It, it's that this is a, we have to embrace Americanism for Americanism. Yeah. And Americanism is the, the, the red, white, and blue, the 50 stars, as well as I am Irish American. I am Polish American. I'm, I'm, Israeli American. I'm Jewish American. I am freedom of your shit. You know, and, and it's not even freedom. It's the idea of the. This is the first time in history that this thing is 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 sustainable, and as is is um, as welcoming to everybody as possible. And there is a lot of stru struggle and strife and conflict and. And cultural, you know, and there, there's anti-Semitism and there's there's, uh, there's anti-Semitism and there's homophobia, there's, there's, and homophobia. And there's racism yes. and all yes. these other things, and this all comes from doing this thing of the America. Yes, and you cannot, you cannot take the Palestinian flag, the 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 Israeli flag, the Nigerian flag, the Canadian flag, whatever flag you have uh, out of America, and it still be what it is. You know, and that's that is America. Exactly right. And, and well so, said. And so I, I really just I don't like I didn't like that conversation. I didn't like that. I, I just didn't like that conversation. I, I think it, it just goes against again what America is. That that's that's Chomsky to the core. We we don't believe in freedom of expression if it you know if we don't believe in it for those we despise. And so yeah, Max Miller, you may at this point you may I get it right because I'm a human. I've, I've, you know, been mad at people. I've, I've retaliated at people like, you know, you met my friends, me and those friends, some of, we've gotten in fist fights before, you know what I mean? So, um, I get it. I can, I'm not, not appreciating or even saying you're wrong for feeling like you hate, right? I, I believe get hate out of your hearts, but I appreciate he might have hate in his heart for Rashida to leave. That being said, if you want to participate in this thing called America, you want to be an American representative, you say, I hate you, but you have the right to say what you want to say and have your your flag up, even if I think your flag is fucking stupid. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I think the other thing that's really disheartening is I think that we always have a 
it, when, when we always try to attack what America is, and, and that's the freedom of speech, that's the freedom of expression, that's the freedom of, um, you know, the idea of this melting pot. And I, and I, I don't like that from the left and the right, that, that this cancel this cancel culture in, in a loose term cancel culture is so prevalent and so accepted that once we get mad about something, we're able to throw away what makes us special and what makes and, and, the, and the freedoms that we have. No, I can't to me, cancel culture is actually a nice way of saying censorship. And mm. you know, like mm. you said, freedom of freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, you know, you should be unapologetically you. And I'm sure that you're not perfect. You know, whoever you are, Rashid Tlaib, Max Miller. And so I'm criticizing Max Miller in the hopes that he'll improve, in the hopes that he'll get better, you know. And and it's not that, um, it's not that I think he should lose his position because he said something stupid, but the only way that you are going to improve well, is- I, I do. <laughs> Yeah, what do you, what, now, what do you mean by that? You think he should get voted out the next time, or he, or yeah, he should get voted something. out. Something, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, I think the American people should not, you know. Yes, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So there, and I, th I don't think it's representative of the of of the district or his constituents either. It's like we do not want violence right now. We do not want wars. We do not want to be funding. Again, we have allies. We have to defend our allies. We have to stand with our allies. But we don't want to do that right now. And we've, we've, the American people have said this over and over and over again. And we're just like, what about the shit that we're dealing with right now? And could you please prioritize that? Again, Maui got $700 checks. Right. You know, like, come on, man. Right. But you're going to send $100 billion to Ukraine and Israel and, and, and things like that? $100 billion. Joe Biden asked for $60 billion. Mm -hmm. $60 billion. For oh, the people have had enough, my friend. For Ukraine, the like, people have on, had I enough, can't... and included in that, included in that, uh, okay, Americans have had enough, and I feel comfortable making this statement. Included in that are Russian Americans, Ukrainian Americans, uh, Israeli Americans, and Palestinian Americans. That people have had enough of misappropriating their tax dollars. Hundred percent. That people have had enough of it. And again, and this is this is one of the things, and I'm I'm not for uh, PB Klee. I'm not for issue 38, but one of the, the things that I saw when we were talking about that in the debate was that allocating money to fix somebody's roof. You know what? I have no problem if there's a 90-year-old woman that has a bad roof. You said, if, the, if the mayor came in and said, hey, we're going to take $30,000 of our taxpayer money to fix that old lady's roof so she can make sure that she has a house to live in until she, you know, That's, the end of her life. That, that is, I would never argue about that. When you say if we can take a billion or $2 billion to help rebuild Maui so they can have their property back in their houses so they can continue with their livelihood, I would not have a problem with that. Or fixing drinking water in Flint or, or down in uh, Florida or wherever the hell it is, you know, and all these different things. But we're really just getting sick of all this misappropriation of misappropriation, our tax Misappropriation, exactly. Uh, uh, kind of flooding. You've talked about it with like uh, bib and shopping your city website, kind of no bid contracts 100%. That, that don't make sense to anybody. A billion that, dollars for a fucking they, new jail. They get far beyond common sense. And this is what that 90 year old that, you know, cause roofs are expensive, right? Let's say it's 30, 30,000 for that 90 year old. Guess how much in taxes that 90 year old has paid over her oh, life. Oh, 100%. Guess how much in taxes that 90 year old has paid. And here's the thing is, is like, she's probably, this person, he or she is on uh, social security. And that social security is going to property taxes again for a house that she probably paid off 40 years ago. Right. You know, and, and like, we just have this like really messed up way of looking at what, <laughs> what we, and 
and the amount of taxes we we get taxed is is, is phenomenal. I mean, there's this meme that's going around. It's like we get taxed when we make the money. We get taxed when we spend the money. We get taxed that the people who get that money gets taxed, and we just get taxed and taxed and taxed. And then next thing you know, the people who are, are asking for the monies are going to jails for jails for more jails. Right. When we just had somebody die in the Cleveland jail, just what was it last week? Mm-hmm. Last no, week, another person seven in the last four, five years or something. So like that. somebody else just died in the in the Cleveland uh, in the Cuyahoga County Jail last week, and they're asking for a billion dollars for a new jail right. when they can't even keep people safe in you this can't jail. Get, yeah, you can't get this guy a mental health mental health medicine, a bologna sandwich, a social worker. Hundred percent. You can't you can't put any money toward that guy staying alive. But you can give money to the contractors. It is, it's re- absolutely ridiculous. What would a billion dollars... And here's the thing. We have to put this in perspective. You know how happy Cleveland and how like less of stress Cleveland um, City Council and the mayor got when we got that ARPA money? What was it? $500 million yeah. of ARPA yeah, money? Over, just over, yeah. Just over $500 million in ARPA money. And now with now what they said is they're going to allocate it to here, allocate it there. They're like, okay, we have a lot of breathing room now because now we're actually making... Yeah, we have ba- balanced the budget. We balanced mm-hmm. the budget finally. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying, let's spend $750 million for a jail. And it's probably going to go over, obviously. It's going right. to go over. It's going to go over. It's going to be, be a yeah, billion fiscal dollars. waste. Fiscal waste. Stadiums and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And then we're talking about this new, and let's just go straight into this new, this new lake, lakefront um, idea. And I don't know what you thought about it. My my original, my initial thoughts of this is, what the fuck is this? What is this? It's it's it's, it's dog shit. <laughs> it's dog shit. What do you think? Well, I think it's supposed. I think you got to take a step back and, and look at the history and the big picture. <clears throat> and it's like plan number seventeen of these uh, lakefront kind of uh, repurposings. And uh, so this one, it's, it's a lot of it is about turning Route 2 into something different and a land bridge. You know, um, that's the shoreway there over by Lakewood. Uh, and they're going to have to change a bunch of that up. And then, of course, Brown Stadium and, and water, water access, right? And so that's the, the big buzz word or buzz imagination. You know, we want to have access to the water for the population. And um, yet I think there's probably just a lot of like you, you know, like we're talking about funneling of money to uh, uh, consultants, attorneys, construction companies, you know, if it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, I have my doubts. It's Again, it's like plan number 17. Each mayor every few years says, hey, we're going to repurpose the lakefront, you know, Burke Lakefront Airport. Um, It never happens. So I would, I think it's folly. Like, uh, is the plan good or bad? I think is what you're kind of getting into. I don't even think, A, it's going to happen. And B, if it would happen, I don't think it would be, um, there would be any, obviously, affordable housing with it. It would be, you know, just a nicer, fancier version of Brown Stadium, uh, Burke area over there, and so it's tough to it's tough to get into weeds and say I hate this part of the plan with Route Two and the Shoreway or you know the waterfront. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even think it'll it's going to happen. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this picture of of what they're envisioning this to be, and I think it's a bunch of dog shit. So you have this, you have this uh, lakefront again, and what do we have here? We have a stadium. This takes up 
you know, the, uh, the bulk of the real estate. Then we have all these weird ass walking green areas. And so you have people that can walk and okay, that's great. And then we have these, uh, there's a couple of high rises there and okay. those are going to be unaffordable, unaffordable, um, unaffordable, multi-million dollar, you know, Lakeview places. Okay. That's great. So that's for rich people, not for anybody else. Yes. I don't see any businesses. I, I see very few businesses. Um, I don't see any public transportation. I see no rail. I see, so it's like we have a parking lot and you have to walk into this and we just have a bunch of open space walking for rich people to, to buy their houses next to a fucking stadium. And, and it's like, again, sounds somewhat similar to the, to the, you know, some of those new builds on the flats down there by punch bowl mm. and all this, but, um, maybe more closer to the, to the actual water. <laughs> this is, so this is what I think Cleveland needs to really think about is, is, is three things. Number one is how to concentrate population into a certain place because a concentrated population can support small businesses, shops. Uh, you don't need uh, cars and transportation if you can, if everything's walkable concentrate it that means you need to figure out how to get a lot of people into one spot open spaces like that doesn't do it you just it's unwalkable then right uh num number two how to uh foster small businesses to go in there and create the vibrancy for people to get down there right how do you get the, sh the, the coffee shops the, the the bars the restaurants the the boutiques the so on and so forth how do we get businesses to thrive there and make that and if it's on the on the lakefront people are going to want to go there because it's a special place Second of all, how do you get people to that spot? Now, if you have to have a, a parking lot that has, you know, 10,000 cars in it, you know, and, and put that in there and then walk in there because, you know, going up, you can't get the volume of people in there. Right. So either how are you going to, so where are these people coming from? You want to get people in there to make sure that they either live there and it's walkable uh, with a dense population that have businesses that they can right. Other own businesses that they and they can go to spur the economy. Exactly. Um, and then, and then the, I think the biggest thing here, I think the biggest thing there is how do you get the industry into there? So it's like, okay, we have businesses there, but make sure, remember, we have to make sure that these businesses are employing. We have to make sure that people have places to work. We have to, you know, for example, the, um, uh, the, I can't remember what, what is that? The, is it the Huntington tower? The, um, yeah, there's a Huntington tower down there. Right. It, yeah. It's for sale. So, okay. so, so who's going to buy that? How is that going to be staffed? Who's going to be, how many employees are going to have in there? And so what we need to do for Cleveland is, is turn Cleveland into this vacuum of population, of commerce, of industry, and, and, and make it a, a place that people can not have a car or, and, and people can still get into the city, but not have a car. So we can have a dense population that could fuel a lot of economic activity there. What I see here is just a open space plan that you know prioritizes football yes. rich people and rich people <laughs> right. rich people sitting in their apartments looking at green space that doesn't do anything for the fucking city dude i i think that's really well said because that really encapsulates the way cleveland has been been doing it percent. for a long time yep. and they don't and when i say they that's kind of a generalized term and people are going to think this this is stupid. Our our fifteen listeners or whatever. But you know, if you ever played the game Sim City, hundred percent. You know, a lot yeah. of a lot of what you're talking about is that it's like, hey, we need to build a thriving, systemic, flourishing city. Right. And the way Cleveland thinks is, man, we got the Cleveland Clinic. Man, we got the Browns. Man, we got Sherwin Williams. That's all we need. No, it doesn't work that way. No. You're the, everybody in your city doesn't work at the clinic, Sherwin-Williams, and for the Browns, and that's it. You need mom and pop 
businesses that employ eight people, you right. know, six people. And you need a lot of those. Right. And you need a lot of those. And so they, and you need affordable housing to get all those people in the same neighborhood so yes. they can walk to work. I mean, and you got to, and honestly, you need apartment buildings and you got to stack them. And, you know, that's what cities, this is the best cities I've been to is a place that has a, has a lot of people in one spot that's And you've vibrant. been to a lot of places. I've been to a lot of places, a lot of places. And you can go to, you can just you go downstairs and you walk down to your, down the street, there's a coffee shop. You walk down, you buy some stuff at, at the bodega. You, there's a lot of different restaurants to try out. If you want to go across city, you can, but within like a two or three block radius, it's basically everything you need. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, there's your gym, but there's a population and a density to support all that, you know? And so this is not Cleveland. And then I just see a, the perpetuation of just perpetuation, mis exactly. uh, of misuse of land. Yes, and, they, and when they do that, they get excited. They're like kids on Christmas Eve when Sherwin-Williams says, hey, we're gonna you know, put our headquarters on there, it's gonna employ this many people. A, they might not be being fully honest about these job numbers. B, even if they're being honest, okay, that's 1,500 jobs. That well, are being that, that are driving in from Westlake. Yeah, that A, a lot of these people don't live down here. Right. You know, and, and so it's so... Um, so they, they drive from their house in Westlake into the parking lot at the building and right. then drive home. They, they just don't get it. They, when, when one bank uh, cross-country mortgage or rocket mortgage or something says, we're going to employ this many people, we need this much money. Hey, your CEO and board and all that, they have all that money already. <laughs> they're, just, they're just pulling the wool over your eyes because you're gullible. You're gullible. You're not creating a vibrant, a vibrant, flourishing economy of people that's going to live here. You know, work here, stay here, play here, sleep here. There's not that idea of building in Cleveland. What do you think the most, the, the top three most vibrant um, neighborhoods in Cleveland are? Right now, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, even though I, downtown ain't nothing compared to when I lived downtown, but I'll say downtown Ohio, uh, Detroit Shoreway and, and Tremont, Ohio City. I would, I would say Ohio City, um, Gordon Square. Yeah, Gordon Square, yeah. And um, that's basically what I was saying. Detroit, I, and I would, I would say probably Shaker. Oh, Shaker's not in the in the city borders. But right. it, it, met, it's, it's not in the city borders. You no. meant Northeast Ohio. I, I, okay. I kind of I kind of put Shaker in the, in the city okay. borders, but I mean, I, but I think they all have the th one thing in common: dense population, yeah. small shops, walkable. Yeah. Right. I mean, and then you have East Fourth. Oh yeah, is Shaker. it Fourth or Ninth? Well, you know what? That's just you like know this. What? You can count Shaker because Shaker Square. It's literally like Cleveland and Shaker. Right. It's literally the border. Right. Right. So exactly. yeah, you can count Shaker. So yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And but Cleveland got thirty-four neighborhoods. So it's like you're you're just disregarding. You're that's ignorance. You're ignoring so much, so much. You know, and, and we need Shaker Square everywhere. You know what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, and that's just the density of population, which people think that it's not a big deal. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's a huge oh, deal." You need to get a million people in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, you need to figure out how to do this. And, that's and there was a million people at one time. And you got to build back up neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You got to bring in, bring in industry. And yeah. I, I just think it's just short sightedness. So again, if we're going to spend a billion dollars on the Brown stadiums, a billion dollars on the jail, and probably multi billion dollars to develop this bullshit, we've we've again failed as a city as a city for the next twenty years. We're failed. Top-down economics. That's what we they have think failed works. again, and nobody wants to fucking talk about this. This is this is bullshit. And well, honestly, not, the, the the wealthy people want to talk about it and tell you how great it's going to be. Okay, nobody nobody <laughs> nobody that uh, that can make this change is going to talk about it. Why? Because of the political power structures. Nobody's going to really rough up the go against the grain. Um, 
and it's just it's just a, a bunch of bullshit. I, I don't like it one bit. One bit. Speaking of Cleveland, last thing I want to I want to ask you about is uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah. Who the okay? I I know he plays for the Chiefs. I know he has a brother that played for the Eagles, right? Jason, yeah, they they met I mean, in the Super Bowl last year. Okay, exactly, exactly. I know they're from was it Cleveland Heights? Cleveland Heights, yeah. I know they're from Cleveland Heights, and I and I get it, you know. And I've watched some things about how the fuck is it? How the fuck is this guy everywhere? He's he's doing sponsorships. He's dealing Taylor Swift. Yeah. Where did he come from, bro? So and, and, what, what is he? Is he like a linebacker or something? No, Travis is a tight end, and okay. he's uh, since Gronk. But you could argue even when Gronk was still around. Who the it, fuck's Gronk? Rob Gronkowski, man, you don't know. You're killing me. I can't. So anyway, I've been a huge sports junkie my whole life, and I love fantasy football. Um, Travis Kelsey has been pretty much dominating for like, I don't know, I want to say like six years, maybe maybe more than that. He's pretty old. He's like 33, 34 now, but he was a little bit of a late bloomer in football terms. Like Rob Gronkowski, some of these other tight ends, they come into the league and they dominate and they're a big deal. Well, it took Travis Kelsey a little while to get his footing. Once he got his footing and once the Chiefs drafted the best quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs now won two Super Bowls, it's Mahomes to Kelsey. And so, um, you know, that it's like that's like uh, Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison or, or Randy Moss and Tom Brady. You know, th- this is the connection right here, okay? And Travis Kelsey fucking dominates. He's super good for like six years. Again, they've won two Super Bowls. Jason, his brother, has been a Pro Bowl center. He's a center, you know, for like 10 years or more. These two are two of the better players at their position in the NFL for a long time now. But Travis has a goofy personality. So, um, you know, he could have been the Super Bowl MVP last year, but I don't think he was. I think Mahomes is quarterback, is quarterback. But he's their main weapon. He, Travis Kelsey is their main weapon. And you can't fucking stop him. You cannot fucking stop him. So he's legit. There's nothing fake about him being promoted as a superstar. Mm. So now, but I think the question is, how real is his and Taylor Swift's relationship? Okay? So he's been getting commercials on his own from his football prowess. <laughs> Deserved. Mm-hmm. He's been golfing in pro-ams with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because he's very likable. He hosted SNL after the Super Bowl last year. He hosted SNL. No Taylor Swift. No Taylor Swift. But about a month ago, they said, hey, there is rumors that Taylor Swift, who is much, 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 much bigger than Travis Kelsey. Right. There is rumors that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Right, and then she shows up at the game. And she's showed up at like three games now. Like right. this is like a month ago. Right. So this the shit has hit the fan. This is now, so me and my wife just started watching the David Beckham documentary. Right. Have you seen this yet or heard I, about I, I it? I know about it, yes. Yeah, so check it out. We're only one episode through. But it's reminiscent, it's reminiscent of David Beckham and Posh Spice. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the media frenzy <clears throat> that happened in the UK when there was rumors, and then it came to be true, wow, these two mega stars are 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 dating. I would argue that David Beckham is way bigger than he is. Posh, he is he, no matter when when it was, right? Oh yeah, Beckham sure. Was bigger than the Spice Maybe not Girls. the Spice Girls. When the Spice Girls in the in the mid to late nineties 
hit their stride, they were pretty pretty fucking huge. They were doing an American I mean, tour. Yeah, they're yeah, huge. They're huge. But it, it, David Beckham's a footballer for England, you know, whatever. So it, who cares who's bigger? They're, they're all three of them: Taylor Swift, the Spice Girls, and David Beckham are mu- are much bigger than Travis Kelsey, who hosted SNL. Right, right, right. Now, right. to your point of of why maybe it's on the list now. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's doing commercials for Pfizer. He's doing a bunch of other commercials. This guy is fucking everywhere. Like, he's LeBron. He's everywhere now. Like, everywhere. he's LeBron. Exactly. And so, I think that's the Taylor Swift part of the game. He's even, he was already pretty big because he's one of the best football players in the NFL. Yes, from Clevelanders, there's a really cute picture just came out of him and Jason as little guys wearing Bernie Kosar's. Both had Bernie Kosar's uniform on and the big orange helmet that's way bigger than a little kid's head. Right. Very cute. Very cute. Like, everything about this guy is extremely wholesome, right? And he's, uh, what would my wife refer to him as? They, they, they talk about an SNL. Oh, I can't. There's a term. A himbo. He's a himbo. He's just really likable. He has a great personality. He's a, But he's a jock. You know, he's jacked. Um, <laughs> so he's dating Taylor Swift. I mean, this is... And so... It's kind of a distraction, right? We got two wars going on. We got a lot of big things in the in the world or whatever. But Swifties have now turned to the NFL because they're, I don't, I don't know if you want to say, their God, their, their goddess, if you will, is dating this guy next. Where she's always dated kind of celebrities or other pop stars or whatever. Right. Now she's dating a baller like uh, the Kardashians and Tristan Thompson. You know what I mean? So... This brings two huge worlds together. Do, do you think this is a setup? Or do you think it's, it's legit? Oh, man, I really don't know. I really don't fucking know, man. It seems like a setup to me. But then it also makes sense, right? She's Taylor Swift. She's uh, gorgeous. The the biggest pop star. You know, how tall is she? Five foot ten. Just, you know, goddess. And he's the biggest football player that's not a quarterback. That's not a quarterback. And so, and by the way, um, Aaron Rodgers is taking some shots at him because Aaron Rodgers is, you know, anti-vaccine, and Travis Kelsey's doing these Pfizer commercials. So now those two are going back and forth. So it seems, it seems pretty all set up. It, it seems so set up. It seems. But then so again, set up. Uh, the, the only thing that I think is legit is like there is no reason for Taylor Swift to do this. There's no reason. There's it's, no reason she gets no upside. Does she, does she get upside? I mean, I guess she does. Is she getting? She's getting upside, right? I mean, I think we're talking about her on this podcast right now. I don't know that she needed any upside. I don't know that she needed any upside. Okay, so you, you want to you know, want to hear this conspiracy theory? I heard about this. Wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> didn't she show up for the the Chiefs and the Jets game? Yeah, she's shown up for like their last three games. But it was the Chiefs and the Jets were one of them. Yes. Right. So so she's big on climate change and and, and whatever. But she flies her private jet of everywhere. Of course, they right? all do. Yeah. And so the here's the here's the conspiracy theory that I heard, and it was a, a marketing thing. Marketing thing, is that if is that she showed up, she was getting a lot of flack about like the carbon of her jet and her, her jet's flying everywhere, everywhere. And she's just like, how are you going to be pro climate change or anti, you know, whatever, and you're flying this jet around. And so they thought that, hey, when we show up to the Jets game, so that every time that somebody Googles Taylor Jet or Taylor Jets or Taylor Swift Jets, the Jets game comes up because she's there with Travis and the Jets game is the first thing. And so, all the, all, so it, it drowns out in the Google searches. Google the, searches, it, yeah. It drowns out in the social media and the Google searches of the, the negative news of her and her jet. That's a good one. I hadn't heard that one. I hadn't heard that one. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I buy it, but I don't not buy it. I don't not buy anything. I don't. I don't care. I, conspiracies are fun. They're interesting <laughs> to explore. Um, that I mean, 
again, SEO, search engine optimization, right? She doesn't want any bad, you know, they, her team, her PR, her marketing team, Honestly, they don't want it makes any sense. bad press. Yeah, they it don't. It makes sense. It makes sense. It, it makes sense. And the whole, like, it's lifted both there. Again, he's doing these commercials. He's hosted it. There are a lot of football players that are really good that have no interest in hosting SNL. So he does care about his brand. He does care about making money um, beyond his football contract. Um, it, it all makes a lot of sense. It all makes a lot. Again, you should watch that David Beckham. I, I'm only through the first episode, but like these media kind of frenzies with the paparazzi and whatnot, it's just a fact of life. It's just something that's been happening from time in memoriam. And so this is the new, I'm, you noticed it. Said, hey, what's with this? I don't watch that much NFL. Put it on. Oh, we gotta put it on the list. We gotta put it on the list. I just think it's. I think it's just so interesting because I because now he's like for someone who doesn't watch the NFL. NFL. Um, I'm not saying I don't like football. I'm a Browns fan. You know, I always will be. But uh, I know this. Guy's he don't name. play on the Browns. Yeah. They keep, again? they keep popping at, at, at us like that. Yeah, I don't know why, why he keeps doing that. But yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't... this has brought him beyond the sports fan realm. Right. And so, like, me, I'm a monstrous football fan. He has been the best tight end or second best for like eight years. And it, it, he just dominates. And you can't stop. You know that they're, the Mahomes is going to throw him the ball. It, you just can't fucking stop him. He's a monster. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, it's he, he deserves all that credit as a football player. But this is a, a different, much bigger monster, this Taylor Swift thing. So, and it's a distraction from real life, I'll say that. Oh, it's, it's 100% escapism. But I, the thing is, here's the thing I, I think that's interesting as well. Is, and the other, other reason why I wonder how this whole dynamically works. It, it's that Taylor Swift is drastically richer than Travis. Drastically. Drastically. And... And I'm, I'm wondering, like, when she moves, you know, just to get her to the game, probably costs her a couple hundred thousand dollars just to go there because you need, you know, her security. You, someone probably packs her, her wardrobe. She has her handlers. She has her, her, her cars. She has her, her plane. All of it is somebody deals with all of that. She wakes up in the morning. Her bags are packed. She gets on the plane. Her security's with her. It's like moving the president of the United States. Yes. You know, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. When she goes on a vacation, it costs her hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, just to go on vacation. Why? Because she can. She's, she's damn near a freaking billionaire. She's probably yeah. over a billionaire yeah. after this last tour, right? Travis, he got, he's got money. Yeah. He, he's got tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. But you don't hang with Taylor Swift <laughs> when it comes to like, it's like, hey, hey, Taylor, can I take you out? He he yeah, really he, taking her he literally yeah. can't afford to just logistically take her places, yeah. you know, because he would get on a plane and he could afford well, a private jet, but he would go get on the jet. He would pack his own clothes. He would get on the jet. He would go and he would go on vacation. She's a different animal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they're both really hard workers. So uh, that in in season, right? We're in the heart of the football season. It's about to be week <clears throat> eight, I think. I mean, maybe they get Monday off, maybe they get Monday off, but you're, you're where your team's at the whole season. And so that's not even really a concern. What my wife said was, well, there's rumors that when the season's over, he'll be touring with her when her European tour pops back up, mm. and, you know, and all this. So, uh, and again, the fact that me, you, my wife are all talking about this, I think that's actually kind of the, the most <laughs> important part of it that, uh, but um, yeah, you're exactly right. They're actually in two different socioeconomic classes, realistically. Oh, I mean, there's a hundred. So, 
So, uh, so Which I, is fucked up. I have expendable income and, and mostly because I don't have kids in debt, right? And so I can go out, you know, go, go do what go. you want. I go, I, I do what I not want. Not Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey do what you Absolutely want. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, but Within if, the area, do what but you want. But if somebody says, hey, let's go, get, go to this expensive restaurant and get dinner, I'm not going to stress about it. I'm going to go get the dinner, right? And I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to come home. And I'm going to probably Uber there. I'm not going to stress. No. Um, but I, but I've, I, I've had, there's actually, let me tell you the story. This is one guy I know that has, uh, that is, um, I, I know him from Shanghai and his family was, was a very wealthy family. <clears throat> he got a $50,000 a month allowance just for, from his, from his family just to exist. Jesus and, Christ. And he just, that's what he did. That's $600,000 allowance yeah. per year. Allowance. Like you're a kid. And yeah, you exactly. Know. And he, that was just for his living expenses and he had other businesses, which he could make in, income himself. So, but he, he had about that's a, his allowance. This is his allowance. He had 50 Crazy. grand allowance, right? And he would go over that if he wanted to, but it was it was more like, hey, stay within this, right? And so I would, I remember I went to go visit um, a couple of friends, and he was there, and we went out to different things, and and like on, at, at lunchtime we went to this beach resort, uh, this, country, this this private club, and we went to the private club, and you know I remember him ordering lunch, and just for lunch he had like you know two dozen oysters, he had a couple bottles of champagne, a couple lobsters, you know. And oh then, my God! Exactly, and, and so I'm I'm sitting there for I'm sitting there at lunch where he has you know and a couple bottles of champagne was like five hundred bucks, you know, a piece. Yeah. You know, and then like the, the hundred, couple hundred dollar lobsters and then the oysters, and he's just like, okay, yeah, he signed it off and whatever. And I'm like, bro, I can't hang out with you. Like I I had I had I think I had a sandwich and a, and a bottle of water, and the bottle of water was like something like twenty bucks, and I was like. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I was like, bro, I can't hang out with you, yeah. and, and unless you pay for me, I can't do this, you know. <laughs> and, and so that's what I kind of thought of when, and, and I've I've hung out with people that like have like like proper money, and it's just like, and they go out to these places and they spend, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, man, I can't hang out with you guys, right? Like I cannot, and so that's why I kind of think about with with uh, Taylor Swift, even though he's rich, I wonder if he's, he's in a situation where he's like, Taylor, I'm I'm sorry, I just. I can't hang out with nah, you. No, he ain't even thinking about it, man. Because again, this is again a that that reality of it is is true. You're right, but again, he's now doing. I mean, his brand and his earning potential has now sky. If he 100%, put if yeah. he put out a GoFundMe, hey, go. Even though this is a million, this guy's in the top one percent. If he put out a GoFundMe, hey, Swifties, I'm out of T Swift's class. Can you help me to hang out with her? They would give him. Tons of money. That's you know hilarious. what I mean? Like his brand now is ridiculous. Stupid. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and so it's all just silliness. I'm glad we can <clears throat> let off a lot of steam knowing that we actually do discuss real issues and we need to stay focused on the real issues. But uh, I'm, I'm, I do like him and his brother. I like that. It was crazy that they played against each other in the Super Bowl last year. Donna Kelsey is their mom. I think still Northeast Ohio, and you know it, it, she's kind of become a celebrity herself. Mm. Uh, it's really cool because they're really legit. They're really good. Um, but this Taylor Swift thing is just fucking. It's blowing my mind. And, and is it real or not is the big question. How long will it last is another big question. Taylor Swift. A lot of the motivation from a lot of her music. My understanding. I'm not. I don't know all her music, but. It's like lot. breakups and stuff, it's right? Breakup stuff, exactly, with other celebrities and stuff. So, and it's like, kind of is he getting like, set oh, up? Was that so? So and so was that? Yeah. <laughs> I we I will never ever ever we're never ever getting back together. You know? yeah, That's yeah, a Taylor yeah. Swift thing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. But it's did, some good. Did you hear that she pro- she probably made someone like four point two billion dollars off this last tour? 
uh, for uh, sure. I, I didn't I, I didn't know that it was four point two billion, but I knew that it was over a billion dollar worth tour. Yeah, it was like, it know? was in the billions. I mean I just yeah. saw four point two, but I that yeah. could be totally Giselle off. Giselle was Giselle Boonshin was way more valuable than Tom Brady. You know, the uh, Are you serious? I'm pretty sure that she was like the number one model in the world or something, and the number one model in the world makes a lot more than the best NFL American quarterback. You know, now it, you know he can do other stuff like he can do sponsorships and stuff. But yeah, it says four point three. Taylor Swift or Giselle Bunch? Are you talking about? Oh, the tour. So okay, so it's, it looks. I'm sorry. So it looks like the. Yeah, this tour is like 4.1, 4.2, 4.3. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I have friends that went to like Cincinnati, and I can't remember. She didn't come to Cleveland on this most recent American tour. So I have friends that was going to Cincinnati and Pennsylvania or, or Michigan. I don't know what states they, they went to, but they brought their daughters to these places. Like this is the this is Michael Jackson. This is Michael Jackson. Stop Taylor it. Don't ever say that again. Dude, I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm not talking about it from a quality of song perspective. I'm talking about it from you will pick up and drive four hours or six hours. If this is your one opportunity at a tour to bring your kid, you will do it. Yeah, that's, it's, that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. I think that's, that's, that's enough for today. What do you think? Yeah, that, that, that was a good way to go. And now we'll see if we're <laughs> back at it next week or not for a couple months. We'll see. That All was right. a good way to end. All right, brother.